everybody. Welcome to Old School, a podcast from the Old Davy School Historical Museum. I'm Kim, the Education Director here at ODS, and I hope you're enjoying these stories from Davy's history. If you have any questions or requests for something particular you'd like to learn more about, please let me know. You can email me at education at olddavyschool.org. I've had a good time researching these different topics so far, so I would like to know what else you want to hear. And thank you to everyone who joined us for the historic Davy walking tour in November. Our walk takes us from the school around to Davy Road and across to the Orange Drive, crossing over the South New River Canal. It's just about a mile, but I'm thinking about possibly having like a historic Davy 10K because there are a few spots just out of our loop a little further north. The North New River Canal runs along State Road 84 and separates the town lines of Davy and Plantation today. But have you ever noticed a small county park named Sewellock Park that's right off the westbound lane on 84, turning from Davy Road? We'll talk more about the North New River Canal's lock number one today. When Napoleon Bonaparte Broward's drainage project began in 1906, it was a slow slog west to where we are in Davy today. The South New River Canal runs directly east-west along Griffin Road today, but the North New River Canal was dug north-northwest to connect with Lake Okeechobee. The center of the state was not yet accessible by railroad at the time, so the North New River Canal would enable shipping to come from central Florida out down the canal to the Fort Lauderdale docks. By 1912, the first Clark Construction Company, a company from Baltimore, Maryland, constructed and started operation of Lock No. 1 on the North New River Canal. The lock was the first of its kind in the drainage project. The lock was 149 feet long with gates made of one-foot-thick timbers on iron hinges that are two inches thick. And an iron wheel opened and closed the gates, and they had to be opened manually by a lock tender. Hamilton M. Foreman was the first lock tender in 1912, a job that paid $45 a month. He lived with his wife, Blanche Collins Foreman, in a wood-frame lockkeeper's cottage beside the lock in the canal that only cost $750 to build. The job included opening the locks for boats and collecting tolls. A Miami News article in 1917 says that the tolls at the time were a charge of 10 cents per lineal foot, and a smaller charge is made for the use of the locks by farmers living in the Everglades. Besides fish and produce being shipped down the canal, Steamboats began running trips on a regular basis between Fort Lauderdale, Lake Okeechobee, and even west to Fort Myers through the Caloosahatchee River, carrying passengers and tourists. But one story of travelers on that canal were the infamous Ashley Gang. The group of outlaws from Paul Beach County would lay low in relative anonymity at their hideouts in the Everglades between their crime sprees. They would travel down the North New River Canal and became friendly with the foremans. It was even said that John Ashley would bounce the foreman's three-year-old on his knee, as they visited on the porch. From 1915 until 1924, John Ashley led his group that included his brothers, his father, and his girlfriend, Lauren, up the grove on a series of bank robberies that netted them nearly $1 million from at least 40 banks. They operated stills in the Everglades with bootlegging and smuggling illegal whiskey from the Bahamas and escaped shootouts that left three law enforcement officers dead. They'd hide out in the Everglades, and Laura would go into town, case the banks, and alert them to any raids. Ultimately, the St. Lucie County Sheriff J.R. Merritt got word that the gang would be traveling south in their black Model T, and they set up a trap on the Sebastian River Bridge. Four of the men, including John Ashley, were captured. 
And while newspapers reported that the gang made a move against the lawmen and the officers shot the gangsters dead in defense, a claim in the 1950s from a retired deputy who had been a part of the capture confessed that the men were executed. Quoting one article about the confession, he said Sheriff Merritt knew that the tiny Fort Pierce jail would never hold the Ashley gang. They had already killed three law enforcement officers, and there would not be a fourth. John Ashley, known as the King of the Everglades, and the Ashley gang's crime spree ended on November 1, 1924. Only $32,000 of the gang's fortune was ever recovered, and it was found only with the help of an ex-gang member. A reported $110,000 and other stashes in the Everglades have never been reported as found. So the Everglades had its own brand of frontier lawlessness, the Wild West on the eastern edge of the swamp here. But back to the lock, the Foremans operated the lock until 1917, and they went on to start the first dairy in Davie. In 1925, Edgar Sewell took on the job of lock tender, after serving as a dredging inspector on the canal since 1916. One newspaper reported that when the Port Everglades jetties were under construction, during one month, Sewell recalled, he hand-cranked the locks open 180 times to let rock-laden barges through. But by the 1930s, with improved highways and railroads, the canals were no longer as practical and not the primary means of transportation to and from Lake Okeechobee. Edgar Sewell and his wife Ethel continued living in the lock keeper's home until 1952, opening the gates only to let water plants through until the gates broke in the 40s and then the lock basically became a dam, keeping back the higher water to the west and preventing saltwater intrusion from the east. The lock was basically abandoned until the community worked to have the site listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1978. The old lockkeeper's house remained and was in consideration for restoration, but was ultimately torn down in 1984 after vandals kept setting fires and termites made the structure unstable and dangerous. A small park, Sewell Lock Park, was organized around the historic structure that was restored to display the gates, the wheel, and the walls of the lock. A new water control structure was built near the lock nearly a century later in 1992 to continue the project of managing the water of the Everglades. I definitely recommend you should visit sometime. Fishing is still very popular there and has always been a great spot. Edgar Sewell is quoted saying, I could catch an eating fish anytime I wanted. I remember when the fish were so heavy I could trap them in the locks and then go down there and catch them in my hands. I got a 26-pound catfish that way once. It's a special spot in Davie to take a moment and recognize the labors of making this land habitable for the busy growing community that we still have today, and the gateway to the Everglades for farmers like the Foremans and the Sewells, and even outlaws like the Ashley Gang. So thank you all for listening. We'll have more for you soon, and until then, take care of each other. Bye!